One thing have I asked of the Lord. This will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Reverendissimo Monsignore, Reverenda Madre, dear sons, I am again astonished by the liturgical providence of God. Today's Mass seems to have been composed with the two of you in view. And this, of course, is the splendor of the liturgy, is it not? That the Holy Ghost so operates through the texts and rites of the sacred liturgy that all our needs are met. In this way, God provides for his children by calling them to the table that Mother Church sets for us day after day. And what do we find at the table? Exactly what we need. Not always what we want, but always what we need. And so, I heard in the intro of today's Mass, the prayer of your hearts, dear Brother Chrysostom, dear Brother Irenaeus, hear, O Lord, my voice with which I have cried to thee, be thou my helper, forsake me not, nor do thou despise me, O God my Savior. Well, this in itself is a prayer for every hour and every season of life. But what is the psalm given us with the intro? It's Psalm 26. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the refuge of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? It is in this psalm that David confesses to the Lord his heart's deepest longing. It is thy face, O Lord, that I seek. Hide not thy face from me. And again, it is in this psalm that David prays one thing I have asked of the Lord. This, of course, this one thing of the psalmist is the one thing of which our Lord spoke to Martha at Bethany. One thing is necessary. And the psalmist says, One thing I have asked of the Lord, this will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. So the church gives you today, dear sons, the perfect psalm for the first day of your monastic journey. Psalm 26. Take it to heart. Repeat it. Ruminate it. Make it your own. Allow it to pass from your head into your hearts. 
And then, of course, we had the collect. I alluded to the collect this morning in chapter at the ceremony. This extraordinary prayer given us again by the Holy Ghost who comes to the help of the church in her prayer, who comes to help us in our weakness for we know not how to pray as we ought. And the inexpressible groanings of the Spirit find their articulation in the prayer of the church. And notably, in the college, we can pray the college with complete security, with the utter assurance of presenting to God a prayer that he already wants to answer. This is the grace of the collect of the day. We can pray it with complete boldness and assurance because in giving us the collect of the day, the church gives us the prayer that God in his providence has already determined to answer. And so we can say it with full confidence and concluded per Christum Dominum Nostrum with a resounding Amen. O God, who hast prepared for those who love thee such good things as I have not seen, pour into our hearts such love towards thee. What an extraordinary petition. Infunde cordibus nostris tui amoris affectum. Such love towards thee that we, loving thee above all things, may obtain thy promises, which exceed all that we can desire. We sometimes put limits on the providence of God expecting him to grant us only those things that we, in our limited way, desire. But God desires, with a divine desire, to give us more than we desire. This collect suggests, in fact, that prayer, all prayer, is the encounter of two desires. The desire of God coming to meet the desire of every human heart. In fact, this is what happens so often as we assemble for the sacred liturgy. The desire of God descends to meet our desire and then lifts us up into his own desire. Now, the epistle today is a complete program of monastic life. In fact, St. Benedict quotes today's epistle in the prologue of the Holy Rule. Again, look at the liturgical province of God. And so what does the apostle say today? Be ye all of one mind. Omnes unanimes in oratione estote, having compassion one of another, being lovers of the brotherhood, merciful, modest, humble, 
not rendering evil for evil, nor railing for railing, but contrariwise, blessing, for unto this are you called, that you may inherit a blessing. This goes to the heart of what it means to be a Benedictine. Virdei Benedictus. St. Gregory there, in the second book of the Dialogues, was making a play on words. Not only was he blessed in name, but blessed by grace. And so too, his sons, Benedictines, are to be blessed not only by the designation, but blessed by the grace of God, and we being blessed, bless God in return. To bless God is to praise God. It is to confess Him. It is to sing the praise of His glory. Sed e contrario benedicentes quia in hoc vocati estis. God has called you to the monastic life to bless Him and to bless your brethren. And to be a blessing for the whole church. For unto this are you called, that you may inherit a blessing. You'll need to linger over that text today and look at it from all angles. St. Peter says something in this epistle that uh, was echoed later on in the 12th century by the monastic fathers who described monks as being St. Peter says here fraternitatis amatores but in the 12th century monks were often described as being amatores de ac noci ac fratrum lovers of God Lovers of the place and lovers of the brethren. And this, I think, aptly describes Benedictine life in all its dimensions. Love for God, preferring nothing whatsoever to the work of God. Love for the place, the vow of stability, the rootedness that allows a man to grow and to become fruitful in the house of the Lord. And love of the brethren. This love of the brethren, of course, leads directly into the gospel. The gospel today uh, is also very Benedictine because St. Benedict would have his monks see Christ everywhere and in everyone. Christ in the guest, Christ in the sick brother, Christ in the abbot, Christ in the weak, Christ, Christ, Christ. This is the Benedictine vision of things. To see the face of Christ everywhere. This is what it means to be a monk of perpetual adoration. Perpetual adoration. Seeking always the face of Christ and adoring always and in all places and at every hour the face of Christ. What impedes our contemplation of the face of Christ, what impedes our intimacy with the heart of Christ, is the sin by which we 
harden our faces and close our hearts to one another. And so today's gospel calls us to go to one another with open faces and with open hearts. The brother who hardens his face and closes his heart to another brother has by that fact hardened his face and closed his heart to God. And the brother who hardens his face and closes his heart to God will be incapable of encountering his brother. And so here too, in the Gospel, uh, uh, we are given really... Uh, an image of, I suppose, what modern uh, uh, terminology would call the dynamics of Benedictine life. And then what are we going to sing in the offertory? Benedicam Dominum, I will bless the Lord who hath given me understanding. I set God always in my sight. So that... Uh, Invitation to be a blessing, to be one who blesses, to receive blessing, is echoed in the offertory antiphon, and it ends in this glorious affirmation of security. Ne comovear. I shall not be moved, I shall not be shaken. And finally, we come to the communion antiphon with which I began this little sermon. One thing I have asked of the Lord, this will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And this, dear sons, is my prayer for both of you today. One thing I have asked of the Lord, this will I seek after, that you, both of you, Brother Chrysostom and Brother Irenaeus, May dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of your life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, 